Before we get started this week, I want to tell you guys about the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. This spring, Cowtown becomes Chowtown, and it's all thanks to the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, a can't-miss celebration of our community's diverse flavors. With six events between April 4th and 7th, the festival features a growing roster of talented chefs and food artisans, as well as craft brewers and distinctive vintners, bringing a range of tastes, styles, and methods that reflect the diversity of the city itself. But it's more than a good time. It's a good cause, with proceeds supporting local grant programs and culinary scholarships. Event tickets get you all you can eat and drink from the best chefs in Fort Worth and beyond. And this year brings two brand new ways to experience the festival. The Culinary Corral, a four-hour celebration of the best of the fest, and the Ring of Fire Next Level Cookout, a live fire and live music event. Buy tickets today and learn more about the festival at fwfwf.com. That's fwfwf.com. We can say, oh, that thing there, biscuits and gravy, let's do our, our spin on biscuits and gravy. And we know that our biscuits are really great, so what else can we do? And so that's how we continue to grow our menu. We have to recognize people are in a hurry. You know, we have to make sure that we're attentive to them, that we interact with them in, in the right way, and that we are quick to make things happen. I can teach somebody anything. I can teach them how to bake. I cannot teach somebody how to care. Yeah. And that, to me, is really important in this business because I count on these people. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Crange. This week, we're doing things a little bit differently, as I'm actually on location at Zenzero with pastry chef and owner Ginger Blazik. Ginger, thank you so much for allowing me to come out here today. You're more than welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I, uh, I just had lunch, got to sample some of the food. It was, it was pretty awesome. And um, just as a disclaimer, you might hear some background noise. Uh, we are, like I said, here in the restaurant. Uh, but I figured this was a, a pretty cool spot to record. And, and just overall, let me tell you, right from walking in, great looking place. Really, really cool and, and a really neat spot. And uh, I'm sure a lot of your personalities put into the place, right? Yeah, when my husband and I decided to do this, I really, when we designed it, we really wanted it to be like our home. So nice and warm, and I figured I wouldn't see my family much because <laughs> you just don't when you're in a, own a restaurant. And so there's a lot of family pictures here, which I love because I so just get to see So these pictures all around are your family? All my family. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. That is really yeah. cool. And, and, kind of the progression of you through the years right yes younger self and and older self and that's really cool yeah I loved to cook as a kid my grandfather was a huge influence on me he was a a chef my mom was a fantastic cook and I started cooking for the family when I was probably about eighth grade freshman year in high school oh cooking actually for the whole family for the whole family I have uh, five sisters so there's six daughters and my mom and dad and my dad was in construction and he was always hungry when he came (laughs) home so mom started working when I was about in sixth grade and so I figured out pretty quickly that if I cooked dinner I wouldn't have to do the dishes okay yeah that's a good deal (laughs) was a big motivator (laughs) when you have eight people so what would you cook I mean for eight people so what mom would do is when we, we went to school and then when I came home she would have left a recipe 
on the counter and if it required like a chicken or something like that she'd leave it in the fridge and then I would call her when I got home and it, we all laugh about this all the time my sisters and I and um, my mom would walk us walk me through the recipe and say okay this is what you do this is how you cook that and go ahead so and before so, Google oh <laughs> way before Google yeah before that even thought of it being existing yeah so yeah um, so just that and we got to help in the kitchen and my mom was never afraid of just letting me do what I wanted to do and my parents didn't stop us in any way like whenever we wanted to do something they just said okay figure it out that's really and cool it's amazing how they did that I don't, I don't know how she didn't but yeah <laughs> it worked and and have you always been interested in the baking pastry side I mentioned you're the, the pastry chef here and that's mm -hmm. obviously kind of what you specialize in right that's where my heart is and I think I really enjoy pastry for a couple of reasons one it's there's such a uh, there's such a perfect way of doing it and you have to understand all of the things that happens to, to baking when it's happening so why you put powdered sugar in or I'm sorry you know the like baking soda or baking powder mm -hmm. and just the overall um, feel of the yeast I love the yeast dough <laughs> and I love making things like custards and pie filling um, pie dough we make Danish dough. I love breads, our scones, our cinnamon rolls, all of those types of things. I just love being able to take something from its raw ingredient and then putting it together and then understanding how does it work and how do you make it perfect. And I just love that. That's one of my favorite things. And I guess my grandfather, he taught me how to make bread when I was young. And so I love making breads too. But we, we are a pastry sweet bakery, not a bread bakery. We do make bread um, mm -hmm. on Fridays and Saturdays, but primarily we're desserts and pastries. And, and that's what's amazing to me about this place and, and something that I looked on the menu online, but to be honest with you, I was a little bit skeptical because I know that you're known for that pastry side, yeah. but your savory side of the menu is so good too. I, did you have to kind of reteach yourself that or do you lean on your employees? Like, or? Yeah. Well, I always cooked. At home and I have two kids well and my husband has a daughter so we have three children and we have nine grandchildren and all through my life I was a single mom and I wanted to make sure my kids had good food which is something that my mom did for us you know we didn't have a whole lot of stuff but we always ate well growing up and so in my mind I always had this idea of well this is how it's supposed to be because at home when I was a kid we'd set the table for eight people it would look nice we would had to use our manners we had to be polished and mm -hmm. my parents taught us that that family time at the kitchen table at night was really important and so as I was raising my kids it was really important to me that I gave them good food you know and, and nurtured them in that way so I always read a lot about cooking as well as baking. I felt that when I went to the Culinary School of Fort Worth, there's a couple of things that I really learned very, very well while I was there. And one, is, one of the things that will always stand out is about meat. Making sure you get that good sear on any of your meat products, your poultry or your steaks or pork chops or whatever it could be. And that really, um, that solidified a lot of things for me. And here at the restaurant, we came up with three salads and three sandwiches, and that is what we started with, and one soup. So that's that's incredible. It, it is incredible. Look where you are now. <laughs> I know. I can't it, believe that. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy in the way that I explain it to people because they'll ask, well, what, you know, if I'm opening a place, what should I do? I said, listen, this is how you do it. You start slow. And to me, it's like a juggler. So somebody, when somebody starts juggling, they start with three, you know, three balls, and that's about mm-hmm. it. And you don't walk on the stage and all of a sudden you have plates spinning, yeah. chairs spinning, and all of these things. You start small and then you add. So what we did is we had hired an individual who was the head of R&D for TGI Fridays, and he had been out on his own consulting. And you just explain what R&D is? Oh, research and development. Okay. So he was in the research and development department at TGI Fridays for a long time. So this is someone also who loved cooking, who had a huge passion for it. I knew that I could handle the pastry side, but we also knew that we could not generate enough revenue just by pastries, just by coffee. There was no way. And so uh, we started with a small menu. So three sandwiches, three salads, and a soup. And every employee who's ever come through, you know, I mean, we've been here almost seven years. And we've had approximately 175 employees come through the store. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) It's insane. But our turnover is not as high as some other places. Yeah. So what happens is, is as those employees came on board and I gained trust in them, then I was able to say, think about, you know, think about what we could do. And obviously like anywhere some employees are better at something than somebody else's you know you've you've got those who are really strong and some who's who aren't and it is what it is so one person um who is now training to be our general manager currently acting as our kitchen manager mercedes ramirez and she's had the biggest influence because she and i together have really helped create the menu that we have she has a broad experience in food um at places that served all different kinds of food. And she has a passion for food. So she would come to me and say, you know, I really think that we could do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, try it, you know, go ahead and come to me with it and let's talk about it. And so she's been, she's so good at that. Um, and then we work out the kinks and then we figure out how does this thing work? You know, what are our options for this product? What, um, what can we do that's better? And we would continuously grow and learn. Um, what we've also done is my husband, just lo- he's a huge part of this business. He doesn't work here every day, but he's involved in, he does like a lot of the electric and the plumbing and all of our, the stuff like the music. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and he, and he the was music, in the technology. Say, has been awesome. <laughs> I love the, the music. The whole time I've been here. <laughs> yeah, well, I picked the stations because he's not a music fan, but um, the speakers and the sound system, all okay. of that. So Rick does all of that stuff on, on the back end. But the other thing that he does is he's very aware of what's trending. You know, he has more time. I hate being on the computer and on, I just don't like it. <laughs> and so he'll get on and he'll look at things. So we've gone to breakfast at a couple of places and he and I have sat there and then we'll have Mercedes and whoever, another senior level person come and then the four of us will go and we order all kinds of stuff. And we, we look at it and we say, you know what? First of all, we know who we are, okay? And then within the range of who we know, what, what we know about who we are, we can say, oh, that thing there, biscuits and gravy, let's do our, our spin on biscuits and gravy. And we know that our biscuits are really great, so what else can we do? And so that's how we continue to grow our menu, but still always staying true to who we are. So two of the very first paninis, two of the three first paninis that we had on our menu originally when we opened, we still serve them. It's our, it's our uh, roasted turkey panini and our French dip. Two of the salads 
I think three, no, it's actually three of the salads that we started with, we still make to this day exactly the way we made them in the beginning. So cool. It's really cool because what I love is that um, when we worked with the consultant, I really, really trusted him. I really trusted him and man, he hit it out of the park. So I feel really good about that. Good, and now I feel like, <laughs> I feel like such an idiot after listening to you uh, talk through this stuff. I ordered chicken fingers, and <laughs> let me tell you, the chicken fingers were awesome here, and uh, the honey mustard sauce was good, and the gravy was good, and it was all great, but now I'm like, I can't believe I didn't order one of the salads or the paninis. I just, I saw chicken fingers, and yeah. it leaped out to me. That's yeah. what I wanted. Well, I think they're pretty, <laughs> we have really good chicken, too. Yeah, so. you do. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, this just means you have to come back. Yes, And exactly. you have to try something else. I Clearly, clearly yeah. I do. Um, but I do think it's cool kind of going through that whole story of you know you you've had a high not a high turnover rate but you've had a turnover rate right and right and um you've you've gotten that part but the employees that you have here now are just seem so happy when you walk in the door everyone's happy they greet you and and these are the reviews that i found online too i mean everyone says this place you walk in you feel like you're part of the family right away and i think that's really cool how You've got your family, your own family involved, mm-hmm. but this has kind of become mm-hmm. your work family. Yeah. And, um, you know, how how important is it to you when you're hiring someone that they fit into the mold, even if maybe they're not quite as skilled as someone else from the position? Right. Well, it's funny that you ask that because we have a young lady who just started with us and her first day was Sunday. And I wasn't here on Sunday. I took the day off. And so she came in this morning. I was, we're a little short-staffed right now, just, just a little. We've got people in training. So I was the front counter person this morning Mm -hmm. and she came in and she worked with me um and she's got a lot of restaurant experience and i was talking to her at the end of the day so it was her first time to use our point of sale system and it was her first time really to be looking at our menu and up there really interacting with the customers and, and teaching them and at the end of today i asked her well how how does everything feel you know how are you doing she said well i know i'll i'll learn these things and i said wait a minute i said we can teach you we can teach you about our menu. We can teach you to use our point of sale system. We can teach you how we greet the customers. What I can't teach is is the piece that is so critical to me, which is that customer service attitude and that sense of urgency. Because you have to understand that when people come in in the morning and they're on their way to work, they make a concerted effort to pull off a dent and tap, yeah. which is a huge thoroughfare, get out of their car, we don't have a drive-through, get out of their car and come in, Mm -hmm. you know, and take that extra 10 minutes in their morning to come in and see us. And we have to recognize people are in a hurry. You know, we have to make sure that we're attentive to them, that we interact with them in, in the right way, and that we are quick to make things happen. I can teach somebody anything. I can teach them how to bake. I cannot teach somebody how to care. Yeah. And that, to me, is really important in this business because I count on these people Mm -hmm. to interact and be an extension of me when they work here. And is that something you've always been conscious of or is that something you've kind of learned over the years? I believe that I've always been conscious of it because at dinner, I was in that family of eight and every night we had family together, family dinner together, my mom, my dad, and, and we would talk. You know, we all talked as a family. And my parents always taught us, hey, you know what? It's not about you. 
Yeah. It's about the other person. And every single thing that you do impacts somebody else. And because that was such a part of how I was growing up, my first job was working in a restaurant and I loved it. And that piece of taking care of people and nurturing them through food. Um, even when I got out of the restaurant business, when I was like you know, 23 or 24, I got out of the restaurant business, but then I became an executive recruiter and yeah. I owned another company for like 24 years. And so that's what made me do a good job as a recruiter because I had to listen to what people wanted and then I had to be able to deliver that to them. And that, and having that awareness, you're either, I think in some ways, brought up with it, or you have to be taught it. But if you don't have that sense of urgency, if you don't care, I can't, it's hard for me to teach that. And those people don't last. So we try to um, figure that out during the interview process. We're not always great at it. I've made many mistakes in hiring people and trusting people who have really burned us. Um, but the staff we have now, they, it's primary and they know about the customer it's not about you it's not about you getting inconvenienced it's not about you having to take something back to the kitchen it is about making it right and it's about serving that person and that i think that's really great we have a lot of culinary students that listen to this podcast and i think that's really great advice because <clears throat> when you're going to get a job i i always try to tell people mm-hmm. it's not always the best person at the position that moves up of course if you're exceptional you're going to keep moving through but if you're on the line right. they're going to promote someone who they feel like is devoted to the company mm-hmm. and you know follows their rules and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and has the right attitude and I think that's great advice. Now you, uh, like you had mentioned, this is kind of a second career for you. It what is. brought you back into the restaurant industry? Well, I've always loved to cook and I always had loved entertaining at home. And we went on a big family Thanksgiving one year. It was probably nine years ago and nine or 10, 11 years ago, something like that. And what happened was I have a cousin who owns a very big food company and he has the ability to, um, he serves a lot of colleges and universities. So there was a college, Lindenwood College in the St. Louis area where I'm from. And we were able to use their kitchen and their dining room for Thanksgiving. Now on my mother's side of the family, just on my mom's side of the family, there's 90 people. <laughs> so, That's unbelievable. So, yeah, and everybody <laughs> wanted to get together. My yeah. mom had six brothers, and they were all married, and they all had kids. And now some of those kids have children. So we all got together, <laughs> and there were like six or seven of us that cooked Thanksgiving dinner. So we prepped all day the day before. I brought in, I actually drove up Pido with me. And I this had is my before recipes. You had this, place, this is right? before, yeah. yeah. And so we were in the kitchen and we did these, we did a ton of turkeys, we did dressing, we did all these big family recipes. And on the drive home, my husband looked at me and he said, You just love being in the kitchen, I can tell. And I said, You're right, I do. So when I came home, what I told him was, and I was still own my own company as a, a headhunter, I was working out of my house. I told him, You know what, I really want to do desserts for um, Christmas. And so I sent out a flyer to my neighbors. <laughs> I walked around to every single neighbor's house and I put a flyer on their door and I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested, I love baking. If you don't like doing this, I will do it for you. That's here's some so cool. items I can produce and here's the cost. Well, it just started snowballing and I never did anything like at a farmer's market. 
what was next for me then was I said, you know what, I always wanted to go to culinary school. And when I was young, I was actually enrolled in culinary school. Okay. And I had quit my job as an assistant manager at a restaurant, and I was enrolled to go to culinary school. I got pregnant four weeks before I was supposed to start school, hmm. and I couldn't go. And I had to tell them goodbye, and I went back. My old boss hired me back as an assistant manager. So becoming a chef and having that title and earning that, you know, the certification was really important to me because I graduated from high school. I didn't have a college degree. Yeah. So I took that feeling of taking care of my neighbors and them giving me feedback and saying, oh, my gosh, that was so great. Man, I got to tell you something. That's all I needed. And it started growing. And then Rick and I talked, and I was looking at different culinary schools. And in a job where I was very successful and really liked doing it, but only wanted to spend a certain amount of time at school, because the program at the, back then at the culinary school of Fort Worth was perfect for mm -hmm. me. I went on Monday evenings. I went. I did the 5 till 10 p.m. class. And it also required that you do a lot on your own. And, and I knew I would, yeah. you know, I, I knew I would. So when we went like through the meat fabrication part of school, I went home and I had a huge chicken, fried chicken party for my neighbors. <laughs> they all came over, I fabbed out like eight chickens awesome. and just did them all and it was so amazing. So I just started small. And then I got there and I said, I have to do this thing. And I either have to do it or I felt like a little piece of me was gonna die. And there are days I really questioned my sanity at that time <laughs> because it was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I knew I could go back and make money doing something else. Yeah. And I really felt as if I, it was either do it or don't, you know. And I don't regret it. Sometimes I wish I would have made better choices before I decided to totally get out of that other business that I, where I was paid really well. But I'm passionate. I love coming to work. You know, I don't dread it. I don't hate it. I don't cry anymore. I cried for the six first six months almost every day on my way home from work. I thought, what have I done to my life? Um, but I love it, and I still do. You you called it in another interview that you had done the most terrifying, exhausting, challenging, <laughs> but rewarding thing you've ever mm -hmm. done, and and I think that kind of sums it up yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Um, and and sums up what you were just saying. Now your story of the second career and, and starting it then. I don't think it's terribly unique. I think there's a lot of people that want to do it. I, mm -hmm. I think the success is, is pretty unique. Um, so what advice would you give to someone in those shoes who is maybe looking to go back to culinary school or maybe just looking right. to get into the kitchen? Right. The advice that I would give them is this. Number one, pay off your mortgage. Um, have a clear vision of what you want to do. And... By a clear vision, I mean you have to pretty much map out how much you think you're going to spend. So, for example, we thought maybe payroll was going to be like $90,000 a year, you know, and it is probably closer to $400,000 a year. We pay people well, but I count on them. And I believe that the other piece is you have to really know who you are and what and maybe not know exactly what you can become, but you better define who you are because it's tempting to follow every trend. It's tempting to, like when at the time when we started, I think the whole cupcake craze was really happening, but I knew I never wanted to do just cupcakes. But you have to decide who are you and 
how can you hit everyday part? And so these are some big discussions that my husband and I had. And, and actually, I was pretty annoyed because I thought, I just want to do cakes. I just want to do pastries. I just want to do cookies. And he kept saying to me, you cannot just do that. Yeah. And he was the person that really pushed me to make sure that we had the very best coffee that we could have. We, you know, we were one of the first um, suburb suburban craft coffee places in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, I'm not saying there weren't others, but up in yeah. this area, yeah, we were. And we knew that we had to make sure that we hit everyday part, meaning breakfast, mid-morning, lunch, afternoon, evening. You cannot survive with the rents, with all the costs, everything, without having that revenue come in all day long. Um, and I would say, if it's take a sabbatical first <laughs> and then decide, or you know, just go all in. Yeah. One of you has to have a steady job. One of you has to have insurance, health insurance. Um, but other than that, it's it's it is terrifying, but it is the most rewarding experience I've ever had. So on a day to day, what is it that keeps you? here what is it that's so rewarding for you or is it just kind of everything as a whole oh my god when people ask me that question this is what I tell them I'm like okay and this is gonna sound really awful but I think it's really true it's like it's like being in an abusive relationship it truly is and and I don't say that lightly because I've done that but what it is is you get beat up every day you have people watching everything that you do you have people judging you when you're doing your job you have things happening customers get angry employees don't come in when they're supposed to you have all this negative stuff that goes on and you think oh my gosh i just can't do this anymore but then but then somebody tells you how great your food is they have the best experience they tell you how much they love coming in here how much it means to them and that they get all of their pastry items for you they give you all this love and feedback and you go oh this is why i'm doing this you know so it's emotionally it's very up and down and so you have to be able to be strong enough to weather those storms because you will question your sanity every day you will want to get out of it you know my husband in those first couple of years while I was looking at me when I was standing there crying in the shower after work or when something happened somebody gave us a bad Yelp review and he <laughs> would look at me because it's happened yeah, I and I I have gotten like completely attacked on Facebook on uh, Yelp and on Facebook but what you have to understand is that no matter what, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And Rick asked me during those, he said, well, Ginger, we can get out of this. That's easy to do. We just, you can get out. I'm like, no, I don't want to get out. I just, I just need, I just need to rant and rave about it sometimes. It will make you crazy, but it, it is so rewarding. It emotionally and personally rewarding, not financially. I don't make a lot of money, um, but it's really rewarding in that sense. I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought up the Yelp and the Facebook, because I think I might have talked about this one or two other times on the podcast, but mm -hmm. it's something that should be brought up more mm -hmm. often. Yeah. How do you deal with that negativity, and do you still read reviews? I, I want to know kind of how you deal with the negative reviews mm -hmm. and bounce back, and how you mm -hmm. take the positive reviews and don't start coasting, basically. Right, right. Well, anybody who really knows me has said and knows about me that I'm not a quitter, number one. I believe in what we're doing here, and 
What somebody thinks about me, quite frankly, is none of my business. I really don't care. I care, but I don't care. And I care in the way that when someone writes a negative Yelp review where I had been really called names and I've been called out for things that weren't true and there's a lot of negativity, which people love to do on those forums, I know who I am. And so I will take that negativity, that negative information and look at it and determine what is the stuff that's realistic and what is the stuff that, you know what, this person, no matter what, is miserable person. Yeah. So, you know, I have one, so my husband will look at him first and then he'll text me, did you see that Yelp review? <laughs> and, then, and then what happens is I'll go and read it. And no, what I say to him truthfully is, I'll say, is it good or bad? And he'll say, it's a one star or whatever. I, I read the negative reviews more than I read the positive reviews. Um, the negative reviews I look at and I determine, is this something that I am in control of and how do we learn from it? So I will share the negative rooms with the negative reviews with the staff and I'll say, okay, do, can you explain to me what happened? Because somewhere is the truth, you know, it's not always yeah. on one side or the other clearly. And then we learn from it and I respond to every negative review and I make sure that we learn from it. Um, we also use Square, so on every okay. single transaction, we get feedback on every single transaction on Square. So, but what my husband's reaction is, I'll look, you know, and then I'm like, oh my God, what can we do? But then he'll look up the negative review and then he'll click on the person who wrote it and he'll look at all the other reviews they've done. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this person doesn't like anything, so not that big of a deal. Or, you know, oh my gosh, we've only, they've only given one bad review. Facebook is a whole different animal. Um, I learned early on, do not, do not try to defend what you do. Yeah. You know, now we're fortunate enough and uh, that we have, our customer base loves us. And if someone unrealistically goes out there and says negative things about us, man, they've gotten dogpiled on <laughs> and then they'll end up taking down the post. But I never relax. I never rest. And and this again is, I, I think I was brought up with the most amazing parents because that's what they taught all of us, my five sisters and me, is like, you know what? Do your best every day. And you can't get real comfortable, you know? And yeah, we get busy, but I'm always concerned on the days when we're slow. And I think, what did I do? What did we do? How can we get better? So we never really just go, oh yeah, okay, it's good. I'm gone. That doesn't happen. It yeah. just doesn't exist in the world that I live in. So I thought of this question on the, on the drive up, and it's kind of cheesy. Uh, but uh, say the name of the place again. I, Zenzero. Zenzero. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just, in my head, I keep going, Zenzero. Zen right. I know it's wrong. <laughs> Zenzero. Uh, but that is, I read the Italian word for ginger, and, mm -hmm. and you mentioned it before as well. Um, so this is my cheesy question for you. Because the restaurant is named after you, right. do you feel added pressure on that? No. No? Okay. No. I, the thing that I feel pressure about, and it wouldn't matter what the name of the restaurant is, what I care about, number one, is I took every single dime I've ever saved in my life, and it's here. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that investment, but more than that, it's important for, for me just because of who I am as a person. Uh, very competitive and I always want to do the best you know and in having my name on it no I mean 
that doesn't really matter. We could call yeah. it anything. It's not about me. I just wanted a name. And the funniest thing is, it's the ginger is, you know, Zenzero is the word in Italian for ginger. So about two months ago, we I did that 23andMe DNA test. Yeah. And my oldest sister had done it too. And I got it back. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I'm only 6% Italian. Oh my God, I'm so much more Irish and German than anything. I'm like, God, I need to change the name of the restaurant because that's not even me anymore, you know? So I was just like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So, but I think um, I think just knowing that so much of it is, is me as a person, my reputation, who I am, what I strive for, uh, my family, and just the care I want to put out in this community where I lived here for 24 years. So I know a lot of the people. Um, you know, that's the pressure. It's not about the name, but it's about am I doing my best every day to, to do this right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so if people were thinking, I want to come out and try this place after mm -hmm. listening to this, what are the three menu items that you would pitch to them as, as your favorites? The things that I would pitch that are favorites of everybody, I think, that are Cuban. Our Cuban is fantastic. We use the bread from Empire Baking Company, like I mentioned earlier. Mm. I'm not a bread baker. You know, I like yeast breads, yeah. but that's not my thing. Empire Baking Company is amazing, and we use their bread primarily here at the restaurant. So our Cuban, we slow roast that carnitas. There's cob... A ham on it we make our well it's the Dijon that we don't make but the Dijon and then the Swiss and man it's killer because that also comes with our potato chips we make our potato chips every single day I, we make potato our chips own are so good. potato chips the they are fantastic too. yeah so the Cuban I would also say um, probably the chicken and waffles and the reason I say the chicken and waffles is our waffle is unreal we make that batter and I know there's a lot See, of people. I needed all this yeah. before I was making my uh, choices <laughs> yeah and and people will say oh well they make we make our waffles but is that mean you're opening up a pouch of waffle mix yeah. and adding water and that's what you're doing and I think a lot of places do that ours is the real deal okay. we make it every day and then our chicken we uh, one of our cooks who's been here almost two years today's his last day he's moving and he worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken and let me tell you what we use our seasoning that we've all used but man that guy is killer on chicken and we have an incredible chick fried chicken um, and then I probably would say on the breakfast, um, our Huevos Rancheros. It's our version of Huevos Rancheros, and it's the way we do it. It's not real spicy. It's not got any red sauce on it. Yeah. But people who eat it um, and who order it, it tend to order it all the time. So that's our breakfast, yeah, along with the Cuban. Our fries, our chips, our burgers. We were named as one of the top 20 burgers in the state of Texas. Really? By Thrillist Magazine, yeah. We make our hamburger bun. It's a recipe I learned while I was in culinary school. Cool. Yes, we use that one. And then just our burgers are great. And then uh, I loved, I tried the eclair, which Thank was you. awesome. Thank and the you. gooey butter cake, which Thank you. looks like, and I'm sure it's not, but it looks like the most simple... <laughs> dessert that you could <laughs> yeah. possibly make and the taste is outstanding i thank couldn't you. get enough of it thank you well i grew up in st louis and i moved down here when i was 20. gooey butter cake is a st louis thing there's no question like in and they do a lot of it we make ours and it's just one of those pieces of who i am from my background sure. in a, 
you know, it's funny because people walk in, they'll go, oh my gosh, you have gooey butter cake. And I'll say, are you from St. Louis? I grew up in Florissant. <laughs> They're like, yeah. So there's that immediate bond with some people who are either married to somebody who grew up in St. Louis or in Missouri. So it's kind of cool. I love that. Yeah, that is Where cool. Where they grew up. Mm-hmm. And then you also, last menu question, but you have a biscotti on the menu called uh, Grandma Scatura's. <laughs> yes. And this is a very family place. Is yes. that one of your yes. grandmas? Okay, so my sister Linda was married to a Sicilian whose family was from Sicily. Okay. And her, his grandmother... His grandmother had that recipe, and so my sister got that recipe when she was married. Yeah. And I took that recipe, and we call you know we call it Grandma Scudero's yeah biscotti, and that's what it is. It has that anise oil in it. Then I go down to Jimmy's Food Market down uh-huh. in Dallas, and that's where I get that anise oil. And then it's fantastic little chocolate chips, mini chips, and pecan pieces. It has a little bit of lemon, and it is one of my, I just smell it, and I am back in St. Louis. I love it. <laughs> that's great. My mom is a, a huge biscotti fan, so next she, time she comes to visit, I'll, yeah. I'll have to bring her out here that's for sure. That's awesome. Um, so let, let's wind this down, um, and let me just ask you uh, two, two final questions. One is, uh, do you have any plans for a future location, or is this craziness enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's days when I get so excited about the thought of expanding and, and having another place and then you know reality hits me when maybe somebody doesn't show up for work or you know a, a dishwasher we have a heck of a time keeping dishwashers a dishwasher quits or whatever and then I'm like no I cannot do this yeah. anymore but I it's that you know that crazy relationship thing that gets in the way if it were up to my husband we would open another one yeah I'm not there yet okay well if you do open another yeah. one <laughs> Have it closer to Fort Worth because <laughs> I want to go all the time. Um, and then finally, just can you let everyone know? Um, and by the way, I do want to say it was not a bad drive from Fort Worth. Oh, so good. <laughs> for all of our Fort Worth listeners, it's easy to get out here. Uh, but if I had one right next door, I would go all the time uh, for the record. But um, can you let everyone know where they can find out about uh, the restaurant and then um, any special events and anything like that that you do. Okay, cool. Um, So you can find out about us on our website. It's www.zenzerokitchen.com. And uh, our website's pretty, it needs to be updated again with some of the photographs. Um, You can also find us on Instagram at Zenzero Kitchen. I think it's Zenzero Kitchen or Zenzero Bakery. That's terrible, I don't know that. (laughs) And then, we are in Capel, and some of the things that we do, we'll, well, we're closed on Easter Sunday, but we offer, like now, we're gearing up for stuff for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, so cool. in our pastry case, we have chocolate Guinness cupcakes. Um, we have decorated sugar cookies that I'm going to finish up this afternoon. We do not a ton of events, um, but there's a few things we support throughout the year. One is Water is Basic, which is a water well drilling company that has its... Um, the owners or the founders of it are here in Capel, so we really support them with a burger night once a year. All the donations, cool. all anything that's brought in, we donate to them 100%, and that's a great organization. We support our school system here, and we support another organization called Taylor's Gift, and uh, the it's a it's was formed because a young girl, Taylor uh, Storch died during spring break several years ago and she um they ended up donating all of her organs she was 14 years old they donated all of her organs to um other individuals and so we really support them throughout the year as well 
cool. Well, I think that's great, and, and it's cool that not only are you delivering a great product, but you're also giving back to the community, which is, is really you. neat and nice to hear. Thank you. Uh, so, Ginger, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving me all your time, and, and this was a blast talking to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That interview was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Campoe Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. Also, you can check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.